Everybody say peace. Last week we lit a candle that represented hope. Everybody say hope. This week we represented a candle that says peace. I think that it's important. How many of you want peace in your life? You know, there's to want peace, you have to pursue it, don't you? Go ahead and run the clip if you would, please. believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He is give him a hand. He is the prince of peace, isn't he? So today I want to speak to you for just a little while on this topic preparing for the prince. Would you say that with me? Preparing for the prince. You know, if you're going to prepare for something, it means you're taking time. How many of you girls have ever had to prepare for a date? You know what I'm talking about? You, you don't just throw on any old thing, right? You, 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 I mean, it's like you don't wake up and not brush your hair that day or your teeth. You prepare. Everybody say prepare. There's some preparation that goes into the process. And so if we're preparing for a prince, we ought to take time, right? In Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 13, it says, And suddenly, everybody say that word suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace goodwill toward men. I, I thought that was pretty profound. Suddenly, these angels show up, and the angels are bringing a message. They're declaring. So, I mean, how many of an angel showed up in your room? You'd listen to what they had to say. And so, they suddenly showed up, and this is what they say. They say, on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Look, there had been 400 years of silence, 400 years from the time that Malachi had ended until this moment, 400 years of no prophetic utterance, of, of, of no profound presence of God, 400 years of people just hanging on to a promise, and a lot of them didn't really understand what the promise was, when then all of a sudden the angels appear saying, on earth, peace. So it begs the question, why? Why are they saying that, and what's the difference now? Well, to figure that one out, you need to look at what they said when they first showed up. See, this is what all the angels said when they got together, but an angel showed up right before this, and he was by himself. And when he showed up, look at Luke 2 and 10, 
It says, and the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Somebody say everybody. This is not given, this message is not given to a select few. It's not given to just a Jewish nation. It's not given to just an elite religious crowd. This is a whosoever will message, and it said that which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. When the angels declare on earth peace, it's because after 400 years, peace had just arrived on the earth. Everybody say, his name is Jesus. Sometimes I think we go through the season and we really don't get it. We get more wrapped up in, you know, bows and presents than we do in what happened. On earth, peace. I mean, how many of you would get excited if somebody showed up in your driveway and you look out and there's like a Lamborghini sitting in your driveway and a guy gets out of the car and you're standing there looking at him and he goes, it's yours. Would you take the keys or would you be saying, I want to know about the payments? Because I mean, this is just too good to be true. That can't really be mine. There's got to be a catch to it somehow or some way. But there was no catch. He came on earth earth peace not peace in the earth but peace had arrived on earth everybody say it with me peace psalms 85 and 10 is such a poetic passage but it has so much truth that's wrapped up in it and this is what it says mercy and truth are met together Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Let me read it again. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Mercy, in Hebrew, it it translates to kindness. Truth translates to stability or trustworthiness. So kindness and stability got together. I've seen some folks that were really kind, but they weren't very stable. I've seen some other folks that were pretty stable, but weren't very kind. But when you get kindness and stability together, man, that's a connection. Everybody say, they got connected you ever have anybody ask you, how did you get connected? However, mercy and truth got together, when they connected, it became very powerful. God knew that the people in this world would need a stabilizing force in their life. He is not a love them and leave them God. He is a God that you can depend on. Paul tells us in Titus, but when God our Savior revealed his kindness, everybody say kindness, and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Somebody say it, mercy. How many of you would like to get what you deserve? Ain't nobody going for that. How many of you have ever experienced getting what you didn't deserve? I experienced that one time. I was a child in my parents' home. That's where children belong. I was in the house and dad was in bed. There were five of us siblings, and you get five kids together at night and things happen. 
And they got, I don't even remember who the guilty party was. I just remember I wasn't. This is true. I'm not making this up. I wasn't. That was one of the few times I wasn't, but I wasn't. And so they're, they're, they're scuffling and, and going on. And I knew, look, man, dad's in bed. You wake him up and it's not going to be pretty. So I'm trying to stop them. I'm saying, guys, knock it off. Dad's in bed. Man, don't wake him up. Don't wake dad. And, you know, and, and going back and forth and all of a sudden that. And dad woke up. And when dad woke up, he heard my voice. Dad came out with a belt in his hand. He didn't ask any questions. He didn't set up a jury trial. He just went to work. And I was one of the people he went to work on. (laughs) And I'm getting, man, he's whipping me. And while he's whipping me, one of the others said, Dad, Rick wasn't even involved in it. He was trying to stop it. Dad looked at me and he said, son, I'm so sorry. And I said, <laughs> he said, son, I didn't know. <laughs> I wanted him to pay. I wanted him to know that I was innocent. And I wanted him to feel bad about giving me a spanking. I thought it might get me off the hook next time. (laughs) I got what I didn't deserve. But there was another day I got what I didn't deserve. It was a day that I found him. And I asked him into my heart. (laughs) And he accepted the invitation. He gave me what I did not deserve. He saved me by his grace. Wow. Somebody say wow. I mean, that's pretty powerful, isn't it, that he would do that for us? Mercy and truth have come together, and they came together in Jesus Christ. Righteousness and peace have kissed. How many of you know there's a difference in kisses? Did you know that? I, Deb, come up here. I, so there's, there's the kiss that your mama gives you. Little peck on the cheek. Everybody say that's not much of a kiss, is it? That's mama's kiss. She loves you. She's kissing you on the cheek or on the forehead. She's trying to find out if you got a fever. (laughs) Then there's there's the kiss of like you know young childhood sweethearts when they're kissing for the first time, hands behind the back. (laughs) But that's not the kind of kiss this is talking about. As a matter of fact, the word kiss here in this passage, don't go anywhere. (laughs) The word kiss here, hang hang on, because righteousness, let let me explain what kissed before I let them kiss. Righteousness kissed peace. The word righteousness here means to be morally right. That's something folks don't seem to understand in this generation because we've left everything up to well it just depends on how you feel about it I got news for you there's some things that are right and there's some things that are wrong and it doesn't matter how you feel about it I'm just I oh you say how dare you say that to me I'm not the one telling you he did he laid it out You don't get to be arbitrary with what you think is right and wrong. God already laid out right and wrong. And when right, when that that that's inside of you, that morally part that's right, there goes mama. That morally part that's right, she's taking care of me. That morally part that's right, when that meets up with peace, everybody say peace. The word peace there is shalom. It means safe. Everybody say, I feel safe. 
when morality and safety kiss, something happens. Now, let's take a look at the word kiss because we went through some kisses, right? A peck on the cheek, a, you know, the little. But this one, this one means this kiss in, in, a, in Hebrew, this kiss, I'm, I'm not making this up. This isn't quite believing me. This, this kiss, this kiss means, this kiss means to fasten up. Oh, oh sorry. It means to fasten up. I'm, look, we, we want to go around, we talk about our relationship with God, and sometimes it's just a little kissy on the cheek or a little peck on the jaw. I'm telling you that God wants to fasten up with us. He's trying to pull us in. He wants us to know that he's not a love him and leave him God. He's a whosoever will God. It doesn't matter where you came from, what went on in your life, what happened before you met him. He wants to put his arms around you, draw you in, and plant one on you. He wants you to feel that love and safety that only he can bring. Everybody say, I got fastened up. Isn't it odd how, well, maybe I ought not tell that. Yeah, I'm going to. How when your relationship first starts, remember all the kissing time we had in? Man, I clocked some hours in kissing. I mean, I had some overtime in, you know. And, and it was like, you know, and, and, and she was excited when I kissed her, right? She, we talk about it. She said, I remember that first time you kissed me. Do you? You better remember. If you want to live to see tomorrow, you know, I'm kidding. But I did, and, and, and we talked about it, and man, we spent, I mean, sometimes we were up till like 2 o'clock in the morning. Kissing. We didn't do nothing else. Kissing. Everybody say kissing. Then after you're married for a while, if you're not careful... That, that fastening up turns into, love you. <laughs> she won't let go of me. What can I tell you? I'm a good kisser. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> what are you talking about, Pastor? Why are you even going there? Because when I first came to God, I was passionate and in love with him. People thought I was nuts, man. Not much has changed. <laughs> I mean, people really thought I had lost it. And I remember a time in my life when I felt, and I was, I was on the field when this happened, and I felt a distance, and, it, and I didn't like what I was feeling. And I thought, God, what's, what's going on in me? And why, why am I going through this? And man, for like three months, I felt like I was at arm's length with God. And I was praying, God, you, you and, and then it was like when that time passed, it was like I heard the voice of the Lord speaking to me and saying, son, I need you to understand that faithfulness isn't always about what you feel. It's about what you know. It's about that moral rightness that I know that meets kindness and mercy. And then all of a sudden, that's what pilots my ship when I'm not sure. Anybody ever been in an unsure place before? When you Pilot it through there. When you make that journey, you start finding your way home. Several years ago, I, Ray was actually on part of this trip with me. I, I was in Russia for, it was like, I think 17 days. No, no, it was more than that. It was 21 days. And I got homesick. When I came home, 
You know, there's always that feeling, I wonder if they miss me as much as I miss them. We, and sometimes the devil throws that into the mix with us. I, I wonder if God really loves me because there's so much wrong with me. I wonder if he could really love me the way I love him. I mean, after all, it's not like he's perfect, but look at me. And I remember making that trip home. And as I made that trip home and I'm driving in and there's a part of me that was so happy to be home. And you want home to be happy <laughs> that you're there. And I came around the corner. There was a great big poster that was a banner that had been stretched out across the front yard. And it said, welcome home. And when I saw that, something in my heart skipped, and I thought, they, they're glad I'm here. Can I tell you that God stands with his arms outstretched, holding up a banner saying, welcome home, welcome home. And he's just waiting for us to come running into his arms and fasten up with him so heaven can kiss earth and we can know we're safe. Isaiah 26 and 3 said, Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Everybody say perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Perfect peace. Sounds like two different words, right? But if you look in the Hebrew, it's not. They're both the same word. Shalom, shalom. What's he saying? He's saying double peace out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Double peace. When you see double peace together like that, you need to look close, more closely at the definition because shalom can mean safety, but it has a deeper definition. And when it comes together like that, you need to see the deeper definition. It means safe, well-being, happy, and friendly. Everybody say, he's concerned about my safety. He wants me to be well. He wants me to be happy. And he wants me to be friendly. That means you ought to smile right now. Everybody say friendly. Because his, he keeps him in perfect peace when his mind is set, stayed. The word mind there in Hebrew means conception or imagination. So if you will, it's the way we think. That comes from a Hebrew word that means to mold and fashion and to form, and to, into, to mold and fashion into a form like a potter. What are you saying? I'm saying when we allow God to fashion and form our thinking, he puts us in perfect peace. But too many times we're letting the news form and fashion our thinking. We're letting a friend form and fashion our thinking. We're letting a relative form and fashion our thinking. Let me bring it down to brass tacks to you. How many of you have ever had friends that got you in trouble? What they tell, oh, it'd be fine, man, it'd be fine. It ain't going to be no problem, man. We're just going to go, you know, we're going to do this. We're gonna... You don't have to be worried. You don't have to be afraid. They're lying. It ain't going to be all right. Ask my son. He let a friend talk him into leaving the house without me knowing about it. It didn't end well for him. He's alive. No, I'm kidding. He's, he's, it, it, it just, it, we let people talk us into things, and they're not even concerned about your well-being. But there's a God 
that cares deeply about you. Every aspect of your life, he wants to turn your frown upside down. He wants to put a smile on your face where there's been sorrow. He wants to get rid of your depression and turn it into a place of rejoicing. Happy. Everybody say happy. Blessed are they. Happy are they. You realize how many times blessed shows up in Scripture? He wants us to be happy. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, I want to be happy. And when we keep our mind on him, we find ourselves, when we allow God to shape our thinking, we stay safe, we stay in good health, we're happy and friendly. Why? Because we trust him. The word trust there means confident, secure, and sure. Everybody say it. It almost sounds like a commercial, doesn't it? Confident, secure, and sure. To trust God. Well, you say, how can we be confident, secure, and sure? Read Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us... A child is born. Everybody say, to us. <laughs> to us. A child is born. To us, a son is given. You don't get it. <laughs> Isaiah is writing, and he's writing to a people he's never seen. And he's saying, I got some good news for you. To us... A son is given. When he was born, when peace came on the earth, it didn't come for the earth. It came for us. Everybody say, it's to us. How, how many of you have a Christmas present under the tree right now? Just hold your hand up. If there, you know, if there's a Christmas present underneath there, it's got your name on it. That means it's to, everybody say, to us. Everybody go, to moi. <laughs> It's, it's us. It's to us. We've been here for eight years. And during the eight years, I found out that a lot of you ladies and some of you guys can really make some great stuff. I've had people give us jars of jam and jelly. And, and some, some give us this, huh? Yeah, I was getting, I'm getting to that. Jars and jelly. And some of you give that, that's uh, I think it's called freezer jelly or something. And it's like real fresh, and, and it's to us. And when I find out it's to us, I get real excited because that means I get to eat it. I, I get to have it. Unless Debbie gets it first. Now, I'm telling you the truth here. Look, there's something. Now, she shares, but there's some stuff that you've given to us that that us got a lot more of it than this us did. Now, I, I'm not going to argue with you. She, I mean, you know, she's, she can afford to have more of it than I can, but I like it. <laughs> and then I couldn't believe Charles stopped me on the way into the church when I was coming in for the second service. He said, Pastor, he said, I was just going to ask you a question. He said, do you still want a fruit cake this year? I looked at him. I said, Charles, I can't even believe you're asking me that, man. I mean, it's to us. <laughs> This us. You know what I've learned? When he brings me a fruitcake, I start eating it before I tell her about it. Because <laughs> it's like, man, you go home with that in your car, and to us gets filled up before the us gets home. <laughs> and I mean, it's just, now think about this. God gave us a gift for unto us a, 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 a child is born unto us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is a gift sent to us. <laughs> to us. <laughs> Do you understand the first Christmas gift I ever got didn't come wrapped in Snoopy paper? 
didn't have a red bow on it. It was wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and it was to us. It was to us. Well, you know what I found out? When you unwrap it, this is what you find. You find a wonderful counselor, the mighty God, an everlasting father, and the prince of peace. That's who he is. That's what he wants to do, and he wants to do it for us. Everybody say it with me, for us. So, I mean, that ought to be enough to make some of you dance a little bit. I mean, think about it, man. Before you ever came to church, you was out there, you know, doing the funky chicken or whatever it was you were doing, you know, and thought you were something else. Come into church, and everybody's got to get refined. We need to be a little bit more dignified. I had somebody tell me that one time. I told him, I said, you know, dignified is real close to petrified. And that's a piece of wood that's been dead a long time. <laughs> I, I want to be happy. I want the joy of the Lord is our strength. I want peace in my life. And the only way I'm going to get peace in my life is if I let him in my life. Everybody say the Prince of Peace. The word prince there in Hebrew means head person, chief or captain. Again, the word peace, to be safe. But shalom comes from another word, and that word means to be complete. So when Jesus is the head of our life and the chief captain of our ship, we are not only safe in him, but our lives are complete in him. Somebody say, I'm complete. He is the prince of peace. So we need to prepare room for the prince. Everybody say, make room in your heart. You think that's a no-brainer, right? But when he first came, they didn't have room for him. The Bible said that Larry, Mary, Larry, the Bible said that, the Bible said that Mary laid him in a manger because there was no room for him at the end. No room. Not a lot's changed. We don't make room for him. The world doesn't have time for him doesn't want to hear about him. And God help us, sometimes the church is bordering on that. We get so busy doing stuff for him, we forget about him. Make room for him in the end of your heart. Everybody say in. Holiday, I-N-N. In. The word in is unique. Because in Greek, that word means a break in the journey. Everybody say it with me. A break in the journey. Think about it. By implication, it means a lodging place or a guest chamber. But it means a break in the journey. Do you understand that we were born into this world, right? Everybody got that? And once we're born into this world, we begin a journey called life. You don't automatically get saved. He doesn't force his way into your heart. As a matter of fact, unless... You take a break in this journey called life and invite him in, he's not coming. And if we don't take a break in the journey, we're going to wind up at the wrong destination. It's not where God intended us to be. It's where we're headed because we're not taking time for him. Everybody say, take a break. Just, you, I mean, we don't have any problem doing it at work, do we? What are you doing? I'm taking a break. I'm just going to chill here for a minute. Just taking a break. 
And as a matter of fact, if we don't get a break, we get upset. I remember when I was working in a factory, and they came to me before, you know, and I had to work through my lunch hour. They were trying to get this wire out, and I said, am I going to get a lunch hour? <laughs> yeah, you'll get one, but you'll have to get, you know, you're going to have to take it at a different time. So I said, okay, but in my mind, I was thinking, how come i got to change my lunch hour? How come somebody else didn't change their lunch hour? Look, that's just our nature. It's, it's, it's the way we think unless you take a break. You ever take a break in the middle of a daunting task and, and, and just refresh yourself for a minute, maybe step away from it and go drink a cold glass of water, have a Pepsi, a glass of McAllister's sweet iced tea with lemon. <laughs> I saw Estelle licking her lips. <laughs> There's something about being able to take a break from it that gives us the strength to face it. When I took a break from this journey and I said, God, I can't make it without you. I need you in my life. I need you in my heart. I'm stopping right here and I don't want to continue the journey until you come in to my heart. I don't want you to come for a visit. I'm not asking you to come for a moment. I'm asking you to come and stay. Everybody say stay. How many of you have ever had someone at your house? Wave your hand if you've had someone at your house. When you had someone at your house, what did you have to do? You had to prepare a place for them, right? My grandparents lived in two opposite worlds, southern Illinois. They were both from here, but it was like, man, I mean, two, the end of two different spectrums. I had one grandparent who, when I went to her house, she was always barefoot. Her floor always felt gritty. If, if you ever saw the bottom of her feet, Grandma, how long your feet been looking like that? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it was like dirt from years gone by. I mean, she was barefoot all the time. Her feet were like, I mean, tough as leather, you know. She, and, and, she, and her water, she had a well with no cover on it. I'd pull out that metal ladle, and I could see squigglies. And I'm not messing with you. This was true. I see squigglies in that water. I would clench my teeth and start drinking, trying to filter out whatever those things were that were wiggling. And then, you know, wipe my teeth, and it really upset my stomach when I'd look in the ladle and see they weren't there anymore. I'm thinking, the other grandma had well too, but she had a lid on her well, and her water was always good. As a matter of fact, I knew she wanted me there because when I would get to their house, they would have gone out and drawn water and put ice in the bucket waiting for us kids. Man, I'd go in there and I'd start getting into that ice. They wanted me here. Like our granddaughter, when she opened up the refrigerator when she's about two years old and saw that, three years old, and saw that Debbie had put her sippy cup in the refrigerator with apple juice in it, and she opened the refrigerator and saw it, and she said, oh, my grandma loves me. She's so happy I'm here. Oh, my Nana, I'm sorry, I called her grandma. My Nana loves me. Come up here and tell it. <laughs> She said, my Nana loves me so much, and she's so glad I'm here. Thank you. That was so much better than what I said. <laughs> Everybody said, that's what she said. And it, it, it registered with her heart. I had to get ready. Look, how many of you have ever been, how many of you have ever had people at your house, and they stayed for some time, and they got up to leave, and when they get up to leave, they say, well, we got to go now. And, and you're going, oh, man, well, I, you know, I'm glad you came by. I hate that you got to run off. And, and, and then they get out the door and you say, I thought they would never leave. <laughs> Let me tell you, that laughter reveals a great deal. 
I thought, I thought they would never leave. <laughs> My granddaughter, when I went to her house to see her, she speaks her mind. She's two years old. I tried to kiss her one day. I'd been eating chili. I tried to kiss her, and she said, no, Papa, you got chili on it. I had to go wipe my mouth off to get rid of all the chili before she'd give me a kiss. But I, I, I was at her house, and I told her, I said, Pawpaw's got to go now. And she went, aww. And I'm telling you, that noise did something to my heart. She grabbed my hand and said, no, Pawpaw, come in here. And I followed her around like a puppy dog. She had my heart. Do you understand that when I asked Jesus in, I didn't ask him in for a visit. I didn't ask him in for a moment. As a matter of fact, when he came in, I'm standing at the door blocking it saying, I don't ever want you to leave. I don't want you just to visit me. I want you to move in to this house. I want you to take control of this house. I open my heart to you, and I'm asking you to please order my steps. Do you realize how powerful that is to ask somebody to order your steps? How many of you women would like another lady to come into your kitchen and start telling you what to do? You'd be, I beg your pardon. You'd remind them that's your kitchen. And I'm telling you what, when you taste and see that the Lord is good, you'll open up not just your kitchen, but you'll open up your whole pantry to him. And say, show me how I can cause that flavor to last in my life forever. Would you stand with me today? Everybody say it, the Prince of Peace. John 16 and 33, Jesus is speaking. And he said, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying, you don't need to fret about anything. I got it taken care of. I've overcome it. Prayer meeting that we're having this Tuesday is praying for our nation. I feel like there's a war going on. And I feel like we need to get specific in prayer and start asking God, look, he's in control. He said to pray after this manner that his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Shannon talked to me about the need to pray for first responders, the stress that they're under right now and the attack that seems to be on them. When we pray, things happen because God is not a figment of my imagination. He is a living, breathing force in our lives. Peace. My peace I give to you. That word peace means quietness and rest. To set it one again. That gift came. We unwrapped it. And this is what we found. We found Emmanuel. God with us. Everybody say, he's right here with us. But I got news for you. He's not just with us. Jesus said, I have been with you, but I shall be in you. So we have Emmanuel 
God not just with us, but we have God in us. Well, a few of us have got God in us. I'm going to tell you, when you get God in you, you ever get a hold of a bolt of electricity and get it in you? Buddy, I've had a hold of it before and it just shaked me. And I'm telling you the truth. The first time I encountered the reality of the presence of God, it felt like I had that electricity again. It wasn't some weak need, wimpy, you know, wishy-washy emotion that I had experienced. I felt the power of a living God surging through my body. He's alive. He's well. And he wants us to open up the inn and let him occupy it. Everybody say, occupy me, God. Look, I want to pray for you today. And I, I'm just, I don't, I, I wasn't going to do this, but I, I just feel led to do this. If you're here, look, I've got a baptistry full of water right now. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I've made a commitment to God, but I haven't taken that next step. If you haven't been baptized, I don't want anybody to get offended what I'm getting ready to say. But look, when we understand that the blood of Jesus is the only thing that can save you. But the question now becomes, are you willing to follow him? And he was baptized. So if you haven't been baptized, I want to invite you today to make that commitment, take that step and say, I'm going to let my actions speak louder than my words. I'm getting baptized. I'm going to let him know there's room in this heart. I have room for him. Do you know why this time of year for some is such a struggle and why it, 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 it can be so overwhelming? It's because this time of year is when God himself entered this world and made himself available for all mankind. And the devil tries to shut that off. He tries to cut that off and make you feel at this time that you're lonely and you have no one because family's not around you. Can I tell you, if you don't have any family around you, you've still got the closest kin you've ever had in your life. You've got a father that is camped out at your doorstep that is standing there. He's the mighty God. He's a wonderful counsel of the everlasting father. Father, and he wants to bring peace into your life. I want you, if you would, just to stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. Those of you that are watching online, I want you, if you would, to pray this prayer with me. Look, if you haven't made the commitment, today's a day of salvation, not tomorrow, not next week. Don't keep putting it off, but accept him today. Everybody say today. Father, we come to you today. And God, those of us that know you and have already surrendered our heart to you are asking you to please reignite the fire in us. Reestablish your place of domain in our hearts. Wake us. Shake us and let peace rule in us. Father, for those that don't know you, I pray right now, God, that they would surrender and that you'll help them do it by simply reaching your hand out as they pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I ask you into my heart I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Make me new in you, God. This day, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And I praise you for it in Jesus' name. Come on and give me a hand clap of praise in this house. Now, if you're here 
I'm not going to hold on. If you're here and you've never been baptized and you want to be baptized, I want you to take a step out real boldly, real quickly, and say, hey, I want to be baptized today. Just I'm going to, to this section over here. Anybody over here? Anybody in this section? Don't wait for your neighbor to do it. Anybody here? Anybody over here? If not, then this is what I want you to do. I want you to stretch your hand to heaven with me, and I want you to pray this prayer with me. God, I'm asking you, in light of all you've done for me, help me to share this great gift with others. I don't want to keep it to myself. I want my friends to know. I want my family to know. I, I even want to tell strangers about how good you've been to me and how what an impact you've made in my life. So today, I'm asking you to stir the gift up inside of me. Let it burn like a fire that shut up in my bones and help me to spread the good news. You're alive, you're well, and you're coming back in Jesus' name. God bless you today. We love you. Hey.